Good morning, everybody. Jambo. Wow. Salam alaikum. Shalom. Wow. Bonjour. Anyone else? Where? Good day. Good day. Wow, that's a nice one. Japanese. Guys. Today we are talking about missions. It's missionaries, missionaries week. Missions. I don't know how the missionaries did when they came to Africa. Because Africa has close to a thousand tribes. I wonder how they learned the language. I went to a Catholic school. And there was a Catholic priest, or a father, who actually spoke very good Swahili. I don't know how he did it. And this, week as, this month, as we, as a church, I want us to reflect and to think about missions. I want us to think about missions, brief missions. Read about missions, study about missions, pray for missions, give to missions. <laughs> A message is about the Great Commission. <coughs> and uh, someone said that the Great Commission can be easily say to be great omission if you don't do the mission itself. Because I believe Christ came with a mission. Christ came with a mission. And I'm saying again, Christ came with a mission. And even when the devil thought that he finished he killed the mission at the cross. The mission is still alive. It happened in the garden between Adam and Eve. Satan thought that he killed the mission. The mission became alive. During the the floods in Noah's time, when the floods killed almost the entire world, Satan thought he killed the mission, but the mission is still alive. The church was persecuted, people died. The church scattered after the Jesus had been crucified and risen again. The, the devil thought that he killed the mission, but the mission is still alive. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 18. 
In the book of Matthew, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And some still doubt today. But Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The authority in heaven and on this earth. Because the devil thought that he killed the mission, and the mission is still alive. I have both the authority in heaven and here. I still hold hold the key to the mission. I still carry the vision that I came to accomplish. And I want to remind us today that even as the church is declining, even as people are running out from the church, even as the world is bringing hatred towards the church, the mission of Christ is still alive. The mission of Christ is still alive. Whether the church is being persecuted, whether the, 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 the government, the systems, the deep, the deep states, whether the far right or the left right, the activists that are killing the church, the church is still, the mission is still alive. Sorry. Then he says from verse 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, but pray them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And some of us, and many times, even myself, we feel hopeless. We feel that God is far away. We feel that Christ has abandoned the church, especially during the COVID season, the times of the floods, the challenges come, and we feel that like God has deserted the church, that God has deserted his mission. I want to remind us today that the mission of Christ is still alive. The vision of God is still alive, even during those seasons where we face the floods, where we face COVID, where we face the challenges of of what is happening around the world, the mission is still alive. He says there, and he confirmed with the disciples, yes, I may not be physically in body, but I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And my question today, that how do we fulfill this great commission? How? With the challenges that we have today, how do we fulfill? It's not moving. All right. Yeah, finally it's moving again. How do we fulfill this great commission? I think it should be a question for each one of us today. 
And before I run us through this message, I want us to pray. Just take a minute. Take a minute for yourself and think about yourself. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for those people that have risked their lives out there. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for many people that are out there that have risked their lives in order to fulfill this vision. There are many that are giving today, Father, to make sure that this vision and this mission is fulfilled. The many of us today that are in training, that are in prayer to make sure that this mission is being fulfilled. And Lord, as we share today, we want to remember this month that as we focus on the mission, as we focus on the missionaries, as we focus on the work that is done in the world out there, Lord, I want to pray that, Lord, you give us wisdom, that, Lord, you send your Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. One of the things that I really appreciate about the Kerang Baptist, Kerang Baptist is a church that has missions at heart. I can tell you not many churches are giving to us missions. But Kerang here, it's among the many churches around the world that has committed itself to give not only financially, but to send people out in the field to fulfill the mission of Christ. So we need to give a hand clap for ourselves. It's beautiful. A church that is not sending missionaries out there is a church that is dying because Christ is about the mission, his mission. If the church is not serving his mission, then the church is not part of his his discipleship. Because Christ and his mission is one. The mission of Christ of going out, the mission of Christ of going out, and him is one thing. If you separate mission with Christ, then you cannot have either or what the other one. Because it's one. And today, I'm proud of all of us that have been contributing, that have been praying, that have been giving, and they've been supporting missions. In the next coming few weeks, we're gonna, we are going to give you um, reports and activities that are happening out there from our missionaries. Uh, we're sending out reports. And very soon, before we finish this month, we are going to give you reports and some of the activities that are happening out there in the field. But before we do that, I want to remind us, missions is not just about going out. Mission is not just about giving. Mission, we can fulfill this mission in so many ways, but today I want to share with us some of the few things we can do to be able to fulfill this mission. But before I do that, I want us to look at the word commission itself. What the dictionary talks about, the commission. And I got it wrong, I know teachers can correct me here. The word commission can be defined in two ways. The first one is an instruction, a command, or all given to a personal group. That's the word mission. 
Like in this passage, Jesus is instructing or commanding his disciples by saying, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And the second definition of the word commission is actually authority to perform a task or certain duties. And we find Jesus told them that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He has the authority. He has the mandate to ask us to go and serve his mission. Before I share about how we can fulfill this commission, let me just go back a little bit and share with us. But Jesus Christ, like I said earlier, he had a plan. He had a purpose. And I've said many times, the plan of God, the purposes of God can never be stopped by Satan. The plan and the purposes of God can never be stopped by Satan. He's tried many times. He's tried during the time of Job. He tried persecution. He tried with the crucifixion. And with the death at the cross, he thought that now it's, it's done. But Christ rose up again. And the mission is still alive. And the reason why I want to encourage all of us to show that we can fulfill this mission Christ has already demonstrated when he picked the ordinary people. You know, sometimes you think about the mission as specific people. If Christ wanted specific people, he would have gone for the Pharisees. The people are learned. The people who knew the theology. The people who are the, sitting in the high places, the priests. But Christ came and picked ordinary people. And that reminds us that the mission is not about the special. The mission is about you and I, ordinary people that can step up and just follow and answer the call about Jesus Christ. Many of them did not even have theological background. But yet... They put up their hands and said, I'm happy to follow you. I want to believe that we are part of this great commission. And my question, as I've asked, if Christ has commissioned and empowered us to accomplish this mission, how are we fulfilling this great commission? If you believe in your heart that Christ has commissioned you, if you believe that Christ has empowered you through his Holy Spirit, then how are you fulfilling this great commission? How are we doing with this great commission? I want to give you some few things to carry today that can help us to realize what we can do because I believe you can fulfill this great commission by building bridges and not walls. 
We can build bridges by loving people. I think the challenge the church is having today, we've put walls between us and the other person. Those are in the political world that are talking about the far right and the far left because the walls is growing apart. One wing is believing that is fulfilling the advancing the message of Christ and the other side is moving to the other left, whatever side they're moving in. And if you look at the Pharisees and what they did, the Pharisees actually had a wall between them and the other people. They told other people that if you cannot be A, B, C, D, you can never enter into this place. And other church, many times you're telling the world there that if you can't do this and this, if you cannot be this and this, then you cannot be part of here. I want to encourage us, church. The message of God is about the message of love. He says in John chapter 3, For God so loved the world, not because they were good people. They were sinners. They were people that deserved to go to hell, but God loved them. If you understand what the love is all about, if you understand what love is, the work of the Great Commission is very easy, if you understand what love is. And sometimes we make walls by religion. We've allowed religion to be part of the wall that is blocking people and denominations. I believe when you go to heaven, you not go to heaven as a Baptist. When you go to heaven, you not go to heaven as a Presbyterian or an Anglican person. When you go to heaven, you not go to heaven as a Pentecostal. You go to heaven as Fred and Linda and somebody else. It's about you. It's about your heart. But religion can become a, such a wall in our way we do things and help and make us miss to see the vision and the mission of Christ. And sometimes it's just about the language we use. I tell people that some words in Bible, and I mean in the theological terms, we don't have to use them. I tell people that people may not understand even being washed in the blood of Jesus. It's true. It's a biblical term, but people may not understand it. I think of Nicodemus, when Jesus talked about being born again, he never understood it. He had to visit, being a senior person, he had to visit Jesus at night to clarify, Master, sir, can you explain to me what you mean by being born again? Does it mean that I have to go to, back to my mom's womb to be born again? I tell people, language can become a wall for people that want to come to Christ. So what I'm saying is that how can we make it easy for people to see and understand the mission of Christ? When I was a boy, I never understood when people used to say they eat the, the body of Christ and they drink his blood. I never understood it. 
eating the body of Christ and drinking his blood, I never really understood what it meant to me. And I always asked myself, how can you drink the blood of Jesus and eat his body? What I'm saying today is those terms are not wrong. But how can we utilize the proper language out there and still share the message of Christ to people that have actually never been to church or people that need to understand the message of Christ? I'll tell people sometimes it's easy to just share your story. You don't have, some to, you don't have to use some of the theological terms that we use in the church. We don't have to. When I was doing my theological course, one of the courses I struggled with, Greek. After now, Greek is not my favorite subject. But I've seen many times speakers want to make you understand, you know, try and bring the word from this and try to bring to Greek. I tell people it's okay, but sometimes we just say your story. It's not about the Greek. It's not about the Hebrew you can speak. It's not about the interpretation you can have. It's how simple can you share your story to somebody who needs to understand the message of Christ. It's not about the terms and the theology that we know. It's about our relationship with Christ. And my message to us today, let's clear the walls, let's clear the barriers to allow people to see Christ in us. David says that let's magnify God in our journey. And magnify God is not making him big. He's big already. But people can hardly see him. They can't see him. He's a big God, but they can't see. In our life, in our talk, in our journey, people are looking at you. You have to tell them, you have to convince them I'm a Christian for them to see. But my prayer is that God will be magnified. Whether we talk about it or we say about it, God can still be magnified in our journey, in the things we say and the things we do each and every day in our journey. In building bridges, we see Jesus making friends with the Samaritan woman at the well. The Samaritans never even had, live alone drinking water, talking terms with the Jewish community. And Jesus is leading in how we can actually build walls. He didn't go there and say, you know what, I'm a Jew, you're a Samaritan woman. He just, can I have some water to drink? Simple. But as you look at that discussion, Christ is slowly building the wall between the Jewish community and the Samaritans. And the next thing you see at the end of that chapter, the Samaritans people from the community have come to witness because the wall has been built just by a simple Samaritan woman who has not even had a husband in the community. She has been a laughing stock in the community, but yet Jesus uses her story to build a wall, to build, sorry, to build a, a bridge between the Samaritans and the Jewish community. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about Zacchaeus the chief tax collector. I don't even know how he managed to get up on the tree 
because heights is not my favorite. I don't like heights. I mean, I don't like climbing on stuff. But this guy, the Bible talks about the cars being up on tree. But Jesus, because he's a man who wants to build bridges to people, Zacchaeus is a is a bad person. I'm not sure about here, but in, in Africa, let me talk about Kenya. In the 70s and, and 60s, my dad would tell me, and 50s, during colonialism, tax collecting was not something that you debate about. And I remember as a growing as a boy, those guys used to come home. If you don't pay the tax, they'll grab either the cow or two cows and go with them when I was growing up. And, 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 and my mother would tell us very early in the morning because you say the tax collectors will come in the morning. My parents would say, you know, we have to take all the cows and hide them before they come. Because they'll take, they'll take anything in the, in, the, in, the, in the village, in the home, that is close to the amount they are looking for and go away with it. These people were hated in the community. People never liked them. They were bad people. They punish people if you don't pay. Physical beating. And this is not a long time ago. This is, I'm talking about when I'm growing up as a young boy. They were beating people in the community when they're collecting tax. And I want to imagine now those days, the chaos, one of those people that are forcing tax from the community, and now you are telling this man is born again. He's my friend. But we see Jesus using Zacchaeus' story. In Matthew eleven nineteen. you can read about it. And you can see how the bridge, Zacchaeus being a bad person in the community, has actually brought up and helped the mission of Christ to move to the next level. What I'm saying is, friends, is let's look for bridges that can help us to move the mission. Instead of putting the walls in the place, we can actually look for bridges. We can look for things that can help us to bring the, the mission to where it needs to be. The other part I want to share with us is we can build bridges by accepting people. I can see some people looking like, down like this. <laughs> we need to start accepting people. I'm telling you, the society has people that we can never, never accept them in our homes, in our churches, in our forums. The people we don't want to see them. The people you will never, never work with them because they have been painted, they have been labeled, they have been given a name that you would rather stay away from them. And my mother will always tell us that don't be part of so and so. I don't want to see you with that person as a young boy. And he's stuck with us. I think of Jonah in the Bible. The Bible says that the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness had come up before me. But you see, because Jonah could not understand how these people that they hated so much, 
these people they never liked. How can we preach to these people to go to heaven? I mean, the people that I would want to see in hell if it was about me. And I tell, I tell people, you know, many times we tell God on how to love people. The people tell God, you can help this one, help this one, love this one. God is not that way. God loves everybody. But sometimes we want to put ourselves in the shoes of God and tell God who to love and who to hate. And that was Jonah. Jonah hated these people. Jonah didn't like these people. Jonah's prayer was to see these people in hell. And now God is telling Jonah, the same people that Jonah hates, to go and preach to them and tell them about the message of Christ. And Jonah disappears. And Jonah says, I won't go because I hate them. I want to encourage us, friends, when we accept people, we build the bridges for the mission to move forward. Jesus' goal was for the gospel to reach all people, including Samaritans, people who were never accepted by Jewish community. That was his goal. That it's everybody has to hear this message. Whether it's in the Muslim world, the Hindu world, whatever, the message has to be preached. The next one. The second thing I'll share with us is we can fulfill this great commission by taking risks. I think this is the part that most of us don't like. We don't like this part. But the disciples took the risk. For example, the Bible, Peter stood up and took the risk in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, it says that, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God, God's desperate plan, a deliberate plan, and for knowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. That's a risk. You are preaching about the same man that was crucified. This is the person Peter himself never wanted to identify with him. Even when the, the rooster was making noise. <laughs> he was trying to forget about this man. He didn't want to risk any time. But here he's standing in front of these people and he declares this man you crucified, this man you killed, this man you did this is the same man that is actually bringing hope to us. It's a risk. But the Bible says after that message, about 3,000 people gave their life to Christ after that message. I want to encourage us, mission is about risking. The people were persecuted because they wanted to carry the mission. The people in Afghanistan, the people in Ukraine, the people in Iran risking their life because of the mission. I tell people, we are like in Australia. We don't have fighting. I grew up in a country where some part of the country cannot just talk about Christ. 
There are places you can play about Christ, but there are some places in my country where I grew up, you cannot talk about Jesus. You can't even give a Bible to anybody. You can't even put up a church or talk about Christianity at all. You'll be killed. Early missionaries took the risk. People like David Livingstone, who became convinced of his mission to reach new people in the interior of Africa and introduce them to Christianity as well as freeing them from slavery. You can read about this man and so many other people that risked their lives, you know, in the Bible and in the history. They took risk to do that. Yeah, let me have the next one. It says in, 19, in 1849 and 1851, Livingston traveled across in the Kalahari Desert. Those who have been to Africa know Kalahari Desert. Is, Kalahari is not a good place. It's, it's dry. He went through Kalahari. And in 1873, Livingston died in a small village in Zambia, having succumbed to malaria. And that century, his diary was shipped back to England along with his body. It's a risk-taking thing that he did. But his goal was the mission has to go to Africa. And I believe there are so many other people that came to Australia back in the 18th century to do the same here and bring the message in Australia. They took the risk, but they brought the mission here. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, I want to pray for you, that you and I, we can come to that place and we can carry this mission to the next destination. This mission is not dead. This mission is still alive. And you can sit on it or you can carry it to the next destination. As I finish, I want to remind us that Christianity is declining very fast, not only in Australia, but in the world. And I want to tell you, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't deceive. Christianity is declining. I was looking at the statistics of 2011. The proportion of Australians identifying Christianity as their religion has been declining over the last century from 96% in 1911 to 61.1% in 2011. The National Church Life Survey data shows that over the last four decades, the proportion of Australians attending church at least once per month has more than halved from 36%, that's from 1972, to 15% currently. And it's hard to believe, but it's true. There are statistics, but they have some evidence. They may not be exactly true, but they have some evidence in those numbers that the numbers of Christianity is declining. And every 10 years, you can read, look at the statistics. We're having close to 20% to 30% decline in Christianity. My question is, are we moving the mission to the next level? We are pulling the mission back to ourselves. Are you sitting on the mission? Are you holding on the mission and not moving it forward? If somebody didn't bring that mission to, to you, would you be talking about heaven now? Would you be talking about eternal life in your journey?
would you have heard about Christ if nobody brought the mission to you? My prayer is that all of us, not just the missionaries, all of us will carry this mission. We'll hold on this mission and move it to the next level. Christ has already commissioned us. Christ has already empowered us. Christ has already encouraged us that he's going to stay with us. He wants us to move this mission to the next level. And I've said, you know, friends, we can do it if we start building bridges. We can start building bridges. Invite somebody for coffee who is not a believer, who doesn't go to church. It doesn't hurt. Get somebody for dinner. You can build a bridge with somebody. You know, for many years, I never really understood about the outside world because I grew up in a church. I went, to a, I went to a Christian school. I worked in a church. I never really had a, a lot of understanding about what is happening outside the church. My friends were Christian around me. My friends were Christian. Everything around me was Christianity. So I never got to understand a lot about what is happening outside. But I want to remind us that outside there, there's a real world. There are real people. But they've never had the message of Jesus Christ. And the population, with the COVID now coming in, COVID has even made it worse. People are now tuning in from homes. What does that tell you? The decline is going to go even higher of Christianity. But the question is, what are you doing to fulfill the mission? The final clip there. As I read this, I want to tell you, Jesus declared in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, Christ wants us to partner with him as ambassadors. He has promised to be with us till the end. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. What are you doing on your part? I want to invite the worship team to come back and sing with us. And as the worship team comes back, I want you to think about your own journey. Think about your, think about your, your children. Think about the great, the great grandkids that are coming up. Think about the generation that will come 10 years after you. If the population of Christianity is declining so much, how many years will that disappear with time? And your generation will come and blame you because you never con contributed their advancement. Let's stand on our feet as we pray together. Let's stand on our feet. Lord, we thank you today. Because the work you did on the cross was painful. The work you did on the cross was not easy. But Lord, the pain you went through, the blood you shed on the cross flowed because of us. The body that was broken on the cross was broken because of us. And today we stand here because we know there are so many missionaries in the field that have given themselves up 
because of this message. I know there are many of us who are giving for this course. But I think beyond that, God, you want us even to talk, to communicate, to share our stories, to invite people to be part of this mission, God. And today I want to pray for each and every person here that calls you Lord and Savior, that has declared in their journey that you are the king. I want to pray for that person today, that this vision, this mission will be part of their journey. I know there are some that have never made that commitment, and I pray, God, that you help us to be the bridge that can bring them to you, to be the love that can see in us, oh God. And I pray, though, that you'll be magnifying our lives, that they can see, even before we talk about you, they can see you in our journey, in our walk. And oh Lord, I want to thank you for Kerang Baptist Church because of the, such a wonderful work they're doing with the missionaries, the giving and the sending. And I pray, God, that you help us, our church, to do even more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.